Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. I'm Mike. <laughs> we're here smoking some more cigars. We're both face to face. We can gaze into each other's eyes. That's right. And regale you with random bullshit. That is correct. We've what are had, we smoking uh, today, Mike? This is uh, Rocky Patel, The Edge, 6-inch Torpedo. And, uh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. We also have a Fumus uh, version of this cigar we will smoke at a later date. Later date. To see uh, whether the Fumas are as good as the uh, real deal. Yeah. Or at least comparable. Yes. Oh, what's the difference between Fuma and... And the edge. Well, the edge is a premium hand rolled cigar, and fumas are created from the cuttings from these cigars oh. wrapped in a leaf. So there you go. The uh, tobacco won't be a long roll; it'll be a short roll. Okay, perfect. Let's light it up. We gotta get Mike on board with my lighter. He's been having lighter issues. He's he's matching it. It's the temperature. The temperature. Uh, my, my lighter doesn't like it. Too chilly outside. Yes, <clears throat> my lighter doesn't like it when it's too chilly either. Um, but normally I just hold it in my hand for a little bit. Also, what I told my high school girlfriend. Well, for those of you who uh, watched our last episode, you saw my lighter, and it's a Zippo with a uh, uh, insert by the same company that uh, Nate's lighter is made from. It's a Jetline lighter, and I really like it. I, I had a uh, Zippo branded uh, torch lighter. Didn't like it. It's trash. Jetline uh, is good. Yeah, I like the Jetline. I've got the uh, three butane... Um jet engines as it were on my lighter and it uh it's got the little mirror doesn't work a whole i mean the mirror is fine but you really gotta awkwardly kind of position everything to see so the mirror is not the selling point of the lighter just the the three butane torches mine's a double lighter and i like it summertime lasts me uh a couple weeks usually what uh yes so this episode um, and actually, you know what? Initially, just uh, two puffs or three puffs in, not harsh at all. No, really digging, digging this cigar. Yes, that's um, a Rocky Patel. We uh, Rocky Patel. We usually smoke uh, good brands here, even though we we're gonna do some bins occasionally. Yeah, yeah occasionally. But, uh, yeah, it's a very good cigar. I've never had this cigar before. Me either. Me either. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's interesting because. I just wanted to mention a couple puffs in, tastes fantastic. Um, not the same as the Whiskey Row from Diesel no. that we smoked. Um, that one was very, very harsh to start, but it really came into its own at the first inch or so. I would say, yeah. Um, this one, I don't know. This one, I'd be like, this, yeah, yep. great. Right off the bat. Right from the, right from the get-go. Yep. This is uh, potentially going to be as good as uh, the La Gloria Cubana. That one was really good. Mm-hmm. We might have to go back and revisit that one. And then we one. certainly can because I have back uh, to back. I have some uh, uh, in the humidor here at the house. So we also have the Series N to try out. Yes, that uh, interestingly has an N on the wrapper. I don't know how okay. they did that, but they wrapped an N onto the wrapper. Yeah. We'll have to take a um, deeper look into that in mm-hmm. the future. Uh, but this episode, we're going to talk to you about... Cigar cutters. Cigar cutters. Um, and as you know, if you've been listening to us for, for any amount of time, Mike rocks the V-cut, and I just do the guillotine. I do. Um, but he's been really promoting the V-cut, and despite us having three episodes uh, together face-to-face, has never once offered to V-cut my cigars for me. So <laughs> He also never asked. So <laughs> For shame. For, for shame. shame. <laughs> I'm, uh, we are drinking Lugavalin, uh, eight-year uh, single malt. Cheers. Cheers. And also some harp. As one does. As one does. So, 
So Mike said he has been doing a lot of research on cutters. I have. I've been eyeing some uh, fancier V cutters, uh, similar to what Mike rocks. Yes. I have a Calibri V cut. That's my main cigar cutter. Uh, rose gold, of course. You know, but uh, I've been thinking about getting a straight cut. You have. I have. And uh, Zakar makes a couple uh, different cuts. Uh, they make a 70 ring gauge one, which was, I was really interested in. Oh, and yeah. Calibri makes a standard cut, and then they have uh, various combinations of the two, which I can understand why people would want that, but I don't. I already have a B cut. I just want a straight cut. <clears throat> and I think I've gotten down to, uh, I think I'm just going to get the exact same cutter, but a straight cut. So a Calibri okay. S cut. All right. Uh, well, I like this Calibri a lot. It served me well for many, many years. <clears throat> it's very fancy. It's got the um, kind of the spring release, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <clears throat> to open it up. Uh, my cutter, I don't know, stainless steel. It's a Cuban. I don't know much about it other than that. It's got the little, uh, like, torpedo hole. So you shove the little torpedo uh, nib in there, and it'll cut it. Um, I've always had really good cuts with it. Uh, It's a little bit bigger gauge than Mike's. Uh, We smoked not on the show here yet, but we will. Uh, Some Asylum 13s, and they were uh, girthy bastards. They were. to, To put it mildly. And they were wonderful, by the way. They were. They, they were, were so good. Truly wonderful. Um, but my cutter uh, handled them. It was the max of what my cutter, cutter could handle. And uh, Mike had to borrow my cutter to cut his. Um, so I think there's that to consider when you're buying a cutter, too, as well, that you need to make sure that it will handle the uh, gauge of the cigars you're smoking. Absolutely. And I smoke a lot of different uh, gauges all the time. Yes. And, uh, well, I even cut my torpedo today with the V cut. Yeah. It doesn't. But he only did a one cut. He didn't do the cross cut like he normally does. I did not do the cross cut. Because it's a little narrower. Yep. So. So the one you're looking at, would that be handle a bigger gauge? Or would it be the same gauge that you have currently? I believe the one I was looking at will do a 68. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Zakar cutters, which is why I was really interested, will do a 70 and cut a 70 and a half. Okay. But I've been doing the online review thing, of course. Yes, as one must. As one must. And they don't, people don't seem to think that the, uh, steel they use on the Zakar cutters are, uh, is up to snuff. Mm. And I, when I first started smoking cigars, when I was 18, Calibri was... The company, you know, you yeah. wanted a Calibri lighter, you wanted yeah. a Calibri cutter, yeah. Um, and uh, maybe it's still true, I don't really know, <laughs> but I like my Calibri cutter, I yeah. recommend it to anybody yeah. <laughs> in rose gold <laughs> or whatever your preferred well, yeah. metal. I, mine's rose gold because rose gold was the cheapest when I bought it. Ah. <laughs> you mean because it looks the best, yeah. Exactly. Oh, now, yeah, exactly. When you go exactly. to your mom, 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 mom. High up social events. Mm-hmm. I also have a pink bowling backpack. And, which we've uh, talked about. Which we've talked about. But we didn't really, you know what? We never did get into Dan. Oh, did we not get into Dan? I thought we no, did. No, we briefly touched upon Dan. Dan and Natalie. But we talked more about Natalie. the old man that accosted us on the street. Yeah, oh yeah, the nice ashes guy. Yeah. The nice ashes guy, which is where we came up with the name of this podcast mm-hmm. because we're super original and can totally create things out of our minds uh, on a whim absolutely but let's talk about dan for a little bit and we'll go back into cutters absolutely so i went over to uh nate and Sarah's for a weekend yes um what a weekend it was, it was a very interesting weekend uh my sarah was working had to have been because she wasn't there yeah if you um, were even with her at the time i think we were it might have been so long ago it might have been pre-Sarah Times. Maybe. We've been dating for many, several years now. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I've known I think... Mike for longer than Sarah and Mike have been dating, and he never proposed to me. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But anyway, I was visiting for a weekend, and uh, we decided to go bowling. We decided to try to go bowling. Try to go bowling, yes. Yeah. And uh, so the uh, bowling alley was probably a half-hour walk, something like that. So we 
lit ourselves a cigar and walked our happy asses over to the bowling alley. As one does. <laughs> As one does in the middle of winter. Yeah. But the problem <laughs> is, it was longer than half an hour, but shorter than an hour. And so by the time we were done with our cigars, we still had a ways to go. And I overestimated the amount of time it would take us to get to the bowling alley. So we lit us up a second cigar. We did. We were standing outside of the bowling alley in winter. Smoking in a Minnesota. In Minnesota, as one does. As one does. Uh, and this and, guy came out carrying a uh, a doggy bag, or you know, the styrofoam like to go food thing. Yep. He came out. He almost walked completely by us. He did, and he was uh, give you a visual: long hair, beard, Vikings jacket, sorrel boots, tucked in. Yeah. And he stops. So starts chatting. Looked pretty normal uh, for an average Minnesotan. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> if you wanted to visit Minnesota and be accosted by a, a native Minnesotan, this is what they would look like. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, dirt ball. Uh. <laughs> so Dan starts talking to us. Yeah, he, he chats us up. He told us a Bill Hicks joke or something. Well, this was the greatest part of the whole thing. He goes, hey, do you guys want to hear a joke? And we're like, well, we got, you know so much left on our cigars, we might as well. Like, would you say no to a joke in the bitter cold Minnesota no. winter? No. Like, if you're going to entertain us, entertain us, man. And he goes, okay, let me tell you a joke. It's not my joke. It's not my joke. Uh, somebody else's joke. I watched him on, on Comedy Central or whatever. And uh, he tells us his joke, um, which I think he handpicked just for us because of Mike's pink backpack. Potentially so. Because it was a homosexual joke. It was a homosexual joke. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't. particularly remember how it goes either. And he uh, did not land the punchline. No, because he uh, <laughs> he incorrectly assumed that we were homosexual life partners instead of heterosexual life partners. That, apparently so. And then I know that he uh, asked us our favorite colors. Yeah, he did. And his um, was purple. Being was, a his fan. was purple. And then he didn't even have to ask Mike's. He didn't want to hear Mike's because he knew Mike's was pink based on his backpack. Um, because the backpack is a choice you make when you when you buy the backpack. Absolutely. You, you don't um, you don't happenstance into a a pink backpack. Yeah, you don't buy the pink backpack because it's half the price of the blue backpack. It matches yeah. all your other yeah. bowling equipment because all your bowling equipment is you know Strike Force Royal Purple. Yeah. <laughs> Cold pepper royal purple. They are actually, yeah. I, yeah. I always have the royal series uh, other than my bag. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, but it was funny because he didn't even finish the joke and his girlfriend slash fiance slash wife came out. And he had previously, we said, hey man, don't, don't people need you inside? He goes, oh no, 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 no. And then his girlfriend, we'll just say girlfriend. From NASCAR the Natalie. Podcast, NASCAR Natalie. She comes out. <laughs> she, she looks at us and goes, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Is he bothering you or whatever, whatever? And we're like, well, he hasn't finished the punchline of his joke yet. And she kind of did the eye roll, like, oh my god, I know where this is going, kind of thing. And uh, she she like chastised him in front of us. You know, what are you doing? We're all waiting for you. We are all waiting for you. We are all waiting for you. Yes, and this is important because later in the story, you will get the twist. But not now, but later. Um, so she said, we were all waiting for you. And we said, well, he's not bothering us. We, we would like him. We, we, I mean, he wasn't obnoxious. So no, we, it was we, enjoyable. We, we, we were having a good time. We were having a good time. And, uh, we were feeling you know, no pain. This was our first, uh, Natalie encounter. Yes. And so we were more, um, inclined to humor Dan than we were to humor Natalie. Um, mostly because he had already told like, you know, three quarters of the joke. And we just wanted to know what it was. We knew it wasn't going to be like the most earth-shattering, epic thing that we've ever heard. Um, but we still had enough cigar left that we were inclined to hear the end of the joke. And so we said, oh, no, he's not bothering us. And he hasn't delivered the punchline yet. So, you know, give him some time. And, and she begrudgingly agreed. And it was some kind of homosexual thing. It was, he, was, uh, yeah. he, he was trying to make fun of, of us for being homosexuals. Yes. Um, 
Which really wouldn't bother me at all. Because, no, no, me know, being a married uh, man at the time. Uh, and, and me and, being, you know, I'm guessing I was in a committed relationship. I don't really know where We don't that. know. We don't talk about that stuff. Because, you know what, Mike is an attractive man in his own right. Well, thank and you. anyone would be would be lucky to to consider him the object of your affection, um, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care if you're gay, straight, or pansexual, or or interdimensional uh, sexual. It doesn't matter. You would yeah. be you would be very lucky to consider him um, an object of your affection, or vice versa. Well, thank you, Nate. Yes, <laughs> we're all about love here. Yes, peace and nice love. Ashes. No, peace and love. And blessings to you and yours. Yes. Anyway, so he finishes his lame ass joke, <laughs> and, which uh, is mostly making fun of homosexuals. It was, mo- which was mostly making fun of homosexuals, which uh, kind of bounced off us um, because we had our gator up. Is that yeah? Is that I, the saying? I don't know. I don't know. We're comfortable in our sexuality. We don't care. Mike's got a uh, pink backpack. We're in the Twin Cities. Nobody should be accosting us because we're gay. Right. We're not gay. It's fine. But if we were. They shouldn't be causing us anyway. Right. Either way. It's a non-issue. In any case, it's a non-issue. Dan must be from a small town where Mike and I grew up. Dan was definitely of a of hillish descent. (laughs) 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 And NASCAR Natalie. Well, NASCAR Natalie had a big NASCAR shirt on. Other thing. Because here's the twist of the whole plot. He was running the leftover food, nachos, which would be soggy the next day, out of the car. And she she stomped back in. She stomped. She was and angry. She literally stomped back in because he she was mad that Dan made friends. Whether they were homosexual or heterosexual, she didn't care. She did not care. That was the whole point of the whole inter- interaction. She didn't care if they were gay or not gay. She was mad that Dan was outside not being with her. Yes. She was mad that Dan was talking to anybody other than her. And we invented this whole backstory for Natalie, and we'll get into that in a second. But we go back in, and Mike was partaking in a no-alcohol challenge, which is a terrible idea. If you ever get the opportunity to participate in a no-alcohol challenge, you just pass. Yeah. And I was drinking any beer. So I was not imbibing. I think it was the, possibly um, was. I, I was very much imbibing. Yes. It was the Heineken Zero Zero. I, I did have that's what she was. Zero that's zero. what Mike was drinking. Yeah. And I tried some. And it, you know, it tasted just like beer, except they didn't give you the good beer feeling. You know, it, it was fine. It, like, if you want to drink something that tastes like beer, that's not O'Doul's, um, you know, hallelujah. I have a Lagunitas IHOPs, too. Okay. It's very good, actually. Yeah. It doesn't really taste like beer, though. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, uh, so there are alternatives to the O'Doul's. Yes. Let's just say that. Absolutely. Like, if you want to drink zero zero beer, uh, you can do it. I don't know why. Um, uh, my brother drinks it. He he he's a big fan of the uh, non alcoholic beer. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I'm yeah. just saying if you want to do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Um, if you're gonna drink beer, you just drink beer. You know, if you if you want to quit beer, just quit beer. Um, you know, it's kind of like the people that try and quit smoking by going to vape. I've heard and I, I mean like on a video on the internet so whether it's, it's gotta true be or true not, that they made whiskey that has no alcohol in it that's not whiskey man. what's the point of drinking whiskey without alcohol i don't exactly. like whiskey exactly. i mean i do like whiskey <laughs> i love whiskey the majority of the por- the, uh, the majority of the reason why i'm drinking whiskey is because it makes my feel feels go off yeah well it's, it's not whiskey. because i want to drink you know lugavalin straight out of a glass yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's the same. You know what? Uh, the Impossible Burger. Mm-hmm. If you want to eat a cheeseburger, eat a fucking cheeseburger. You don't eat a vegetarian. Want to try to be the? You know what? Cheeseburger. We have uh, the black bean burgers from Costco. Yeah, they're not trying to be a burger. It's like black beans. Oh, pressed into a thing. Delicious. I've had delicious, very delicious black bean burgers uh, from my brother. Oh. Who lives in the yurt? Yeah, yurt, 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 sir. Yurt, and sir. Uh, and they were fantastic. And I generally, generally, generally dislike beans of any kind except green beans because beans, in their natural form, just kind of taste like little sandbags, like just little sand. It's it's not it's not the taste, it's the texture. You know what I mean? It's the texture for me. Like sure. honest to God, and I and, like beans and mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. I love mushrooms if they're if they're chopped and diced finely. Not a problem, but I'm not eating like a fungus, you know, like it's spongy. Like I don't, I'll I don't want to, I don't want to put them on a sandwich. 
I don't want to taste <laughs> the texture. You're, you know, like I don't want to feel the texture in my mouth. It's mm-hmm. a texture thing. It's not really a taste thing. Um, I, I cook lots of things with cream of mushroom. It's great. Phenomenal. Love it. If you're just going to like serve me up a mushroom, I'm like, I, I no, I don't like the texture of that. Um, and that's not that uncommon from what I've heard in my independent, non-peer-reviewed studies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's like, it's a texture thing. And the bean burger, the bean burger can be great. Um, and my brother made us some black bean burgers on the grill outside of his yurt. Phenomenal. They were great. Um, but there's a lot of things like chili. Do you have to have 18 different types of beans in your chili? Or can you make do with just meat? You know, I mean. I like bean chili. I'm not going to lie. You would. I would. Cigar update. I am officially an inch and a half ahead of Nate. As he always is. As I always am. All right. So Mike needs to talk more and I'll smoke some more. Uh, Cigar is extremely good. Oh, it's so good. I am uh, not impressed because I know Rocky Patel is a reputable company and I expected it to be good. Yeah, uh, but you can still be impressed. Right. I mean, you're you're not taking off guard. It's worth the price of admission. You're not taking off guard. No, I expect uh, a certain level of. You expected uh, this. Yeah. And it's delivering on every single count. Absolutely. It's so good. I would be disappointed if it wasn't this good. Here's the question Is it better than the the other one we smoked? The Asylum or the Ligori Cabana? The Cabana. It's on par. It's on par. I would say it's on par. We'd have to do, we'd have to smoke both of these kind of like back to back. Absolutely. To really determine a winner. Yes. And I like torpedoes. I do like so, torpedoes. Um, that definitely skews my perception. I don't, I don't normally buy torpedoes. I do. I like okay. box press torpedoes and I okay. buy a lot of, I, I, I probably buy more Robustos and Rothschilds, but okay. I like my, uh, my torpedoes as well. All right. I don't normally buy torpedoes, so it's probably one of the handful of torpedoes I've ever smoked. Oh, really? See, I like torpedoes. Uh, I don't know what it is, but there's something magical about it. It's a good smoke. Right. Yeah, exactly. Who gives a shit? It's kind of like uh, yeah. the Kentucky Cheroo. I like them, so exactly. I don't have to think of a whole lot about it. <laughs> so anyway, back to Dan. Yes, so Dan yes. tells us this homophobic joke uh, and then goes back inside. Yes. And we finish our cigar. And we go inside try and get a lane. Yes. This is the whole thing. We put our names on a waiting list. (coughs) Mike, he's not drinking. So he gets the Heine Zero Zero. And I get something that's not Zero Zero. He gets some beer. And we're sitting there on the lane and we happen to look over and who, who do you think we see? We if see. you guessed Dan and Natalie, you're correct. And it was only Dan and Natalie on the lane. There was nobody waiting on for them. On a pair of lanes. They had two bowling lanes. Natalie one said, We're, we are all waiting for you. But the we was only her. And they had a pair of lanes and a full bowling alley, which is a no-no. It's a no-no, according to Mike by the Book Bowling. Well, Mike by the Book Bowling says that. Unless you're a league bowler at that house, you don't get pairs. You get and, single and, lanes. And even Nate, by the not the book bowler, who just wants people to have fun bowling, would say if you're two people and you have two lanes, that's one lane too many. Absolutely. Like I mean, like seriously, like think about it. You're you're bowling against each other, just bowling on one lane. You right. can't possibly play more than one game together. I mean, you can, but it's a fucking full house. If we're packed. sitting there. We're it's waiting packed. for a lane. We we're waited waiting 45 for minutes. a lane. We never actually bowled that night because of Natalie and Dan. Well, not, not particularly Natalie and Dan. But well, not of Dan, Dan, but for sure Natalie. Well, you know, NASCAR NASCAR Natalie. So she we, had a Dale Earnhardt shirt on, didn't she? She had something on. And yeah. so we, we decided that she forced Dan to watch NASCAR with her at home. And she kind of had him pussy whipped. She definitely had him pussy whipped. Adam something whipped. She definitely had a pussy whipped. Just the way she was talking to him, not okay. Yeah. She was being yeah. uh, 
Nasty. Uh, and you know what? This is not a sexual or a gender thing. This is a mutual respect for human beings thing. Okay. Right. You have to have respect because, for your partner. Because, you know, who, we don't care who your partner is. I mean, we care. Uh, we love your partner. Your partner's great. Um, but the thing is, you need to you need to also respect your partner um, and talk them up. There's so many of the, so much of this um, talking down your partner. They're terrible um, and things like that. And you know, you go to your your girl groups, your boy groups. Uh, it's really not gender specific, but I, I I swear to you that there are men groups that they go and they talk shit about their wives, and there are female groups where they go and they talk shit about their husbands. And I don't think that that's okay. Um, I know, you know that they exist. I've never been a part of one. I've not been a part of one either. But I think, like, uh, you know, in, in, in some situations, in some situations, that's okay. Because if you're in an abusive relationship and that's the only outlet you have, uh, that's one thing. But if you're in a, in a situation, a relationship where, you know, generally you bring your concerns to your partner and they will hear you, they will listen to you, and then they will try to work on that. That's not an, that's not an okay thing to go back and say, well, I talked to him two minutes ago and he hasn't made any changes. You know, um, you're supposed to be in your partner's corner. Right. Well, even, even if you know that they're wrong, sometimes. We, we've talked at length about this uh, outside of the podcast. Yeah. A lot of people never develop a normal adult relationship with this their is partner. True. Or with their parents or with their siblings. Yeah. And, and uh, it's yeah. sad. Yeah. It does. It's, it's worrisome <clears throat> and, and that people actually, don't put in the work to do it. This is this is interesting. And I'll, I'll bring this up here because um, either the people I'm talking about aren't listening or they need the wake-up call or um, I'm a racist, misogynistic asshole who doesn't care. Well, that's true. You can decide. 100%. You can decide. You're a misogynist. Um, yes. I like massages. You're not wrong. Um, a massage enthusiast. <laughs> um, so we went, uh, my wife and I went down to her family for New Year's in St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri. And uh, there's some very fascinating history in Missouri, especially around the Civil War. Very, very interesting. Uh, I would recommend you check that out if you're interested in history at all. Just look it up. It's, it's very interesting. And I had no idea until we went down the first time and checked out some of the museums and things. I had no idea. Sure. It, it's, it's very, very vivid and um, much more than you would think. Sure. Um, because it's so far west. Not nowadays. But in the Civil War days, it's very, very West uh, for America. Uh, <clears throat> but we went down, and so um, one of the one of the um, cousins' moms is on a very, very good relationship with their daughter, the cousin. Very good. They do all sorts of things together. They go out every week, and they drink, and and you know partake and have fun and enjoy enjoy themselves and they try and um, abandon the father, the uncle. He's a strange character to be sure. Very strange character. Um, he does a lot of jokes and it's one of those one of those people that if you don't joke back, um, then it feels very lopsided. But as soon as you start understanding that he just jokes to try and like give you love, even though the jokes are stupid, and terrible yeah. and whatever. Right. You, as soon as you joke back, it's like, oh my God, it's smooth sailing. We had a cousin night out uh, this past summer and one of the cousins was like, oh yeah, that guy, you just joke back with him and it's all fine. And so I tried it because I'm not one to shy away from advice. Sure. It was the most amazing thing ever. It was so good. Like I never, like he came over to our house and he was like, oh yeah, all these pots and pans you have hanging, does Sarah ever hit you with those? And like that's a fucking weird thing to say. Like that's a weird fucking joke to make. Um, this is before I had the advice, but then after I had the advice, I just joked back with them, and it was all good. It was all fine. Uh, my my other best bud outside of Mike, um, 
we'd always shout um, slurs to each other out the parking lot window because we had apartments next to each other. That's how we, we got to know each other. I was playing Galaxy Quest. He heard the engine hum through the wall, knocked on my door, and he goes, are you watching Galaxy Quest? And I said, how did you know? He goes, well, the engine hum wasn't Star Wars or Star Trek. So this is a this is a guy you need to know. Like, if he can tell the engine hum through the wall. Um, it's an interesting character, for sure. For sure. And um, we would always, uh, I would come back from work, and he'd be like, it's a homo. He'd just shout out the window. And then whenever I saw him come back, I'd shout something similar out the window to him. But it was it was a mark of love. It wasn't a mark of, you know, we're hazing each other or, or getting on each other's nerves kind of thing. It was just, you know. Hazing is a ritual. Uh, hazing gets a bad rap in our modern society. And I will defend hazing. To, a, should to be an hazed. extent. People should be hazed. They should be hazed. But... Obviously, they take these uh, crazy instances where these kids usually just take it way too far and, like, hurt other people. That's what I mean. An extent. Yeah, you know, There's an extent. Don't, don't physically hurt anybody. Right. But you should be hazed. Uh, I was hazed when I came into uh, the Union Brotherhood. Yeah. It's, and, a, it's uh, a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage, right? Like, you earn your spot. Yeah. Uh, and get your respect. You yeah, know? or get your really cool nickname for the rest of your life. Well, I mean... Like, for a job like mine, when you're an apprentice, you're treated like shit. That's that's the point. Well, as an intern, you're treated like shit anyway. Right. Well, intern, apprentice, matter. it's similar. It's similar. Huh. Very similar. And uh, it's I, I did a five-year-long apprenticeship, and the first three years, you're treated bad. Like, real bad. They want you to quit. You mean real bad isn't, like, not good? Yeah. Like, a hundred people turn into 20 people. That's how bad it is. They want to make it difficult because at the end of that path, now you're making 120 grand a year. Yeah. And you have respect from your coworkers because you made it through the gauntlet. Yeah. And uh, that's the whole point of the ritual. You know, now you're part you're, of you're the brotherhood, good, you're a good brotherhood or sisterhood now. or whoever. You're a uh, good fella now. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're a good fella. And women, women are included. I, I say brotherhood. Yeah. It's personhood or sisterhood you're or brotherhood well, or whatever you want to call it. The only, uh, the only non-discriminatory name for a group of people, non-gender related, has been banned by my HR company. But the true non-gender discriminatory term for a group of people is... Hey, you fuckers. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, we called it the brotherhood back in the day. Ha, ha, ha. Now it's the fuckerhood. Well, I'm the sisterhood, too. I, I had many female apprentices. Yeah. And I tried to haze them and uh, teach them how to do their fucking job. Right. I mean, part of hazing is, is, is teaching them, uh, teaching people, like myself, how Makes to control sense. their emotions. Yes. Because stress... Uh, when you're stress oh, always oh, comes up, stress always comes up, and have you have you to control been, your stress. You have, have, you, ever been, your have you ever been in a job where you haven't had stress? No, 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 exactly. And sometimes I mean, the, point. the stress is extreme, and you have to be able to deal with that in a positive way. Yeah. And if you're gonna yeah. flake out, then you need to go. If you're truly, I mean, if you're truly like, if you're using hazing as a positive, all right. right. And I and I worked for the Boy Scouts of America for several years. And I've I've been involved in the Boy Scouts since I was six. Um, they're not affiliated with this. They can't come and sue me now. You listen, you fuckers. You can't come sue me. But uh, they have an anti-hazing policy uh, for good for good measure. Um, they've got a lot of policies for good measure. They've got a lot of policies to separate them from the Catholic Church and child abuse uh, for good measure. Um, they've got a lot of policies that I don't agree with and things like that. We can get into that later. That's not the point. The point is that, um, if you're hazing somebody, it shouldn't be, um, solely based on the fact that they're different or they're newer than you and you should then therefore haze them. The point is the hazing is sort of an initiation into that group. Absolutely. The hazing is an initiation into this is some of the stuff you might encounter. We're doing it kind of in a safe area here. You're brand new. We're hazing you, and, and, and hazing can be very, very negative depending on who you are and what your experience with it is. But if it's done right, 
if it's done by people who care about you and want to make sure that you are making the right choice for yourself, hazing can be very, very important. And it's, it happens in all classes, in all races, in all groups to some extent. To some extent it does because they have certain parameters they want you to follow to make sure that you're part of their people, quote unquote. I was hazed uh, to my benefit. Uh, and I always made sure that my apprentices were hazed as well. And, uh, it's to toughen you up mentally, right? Because, uh, I was doing industrial electrical. Yeah. Very stressful, especially when it's hot work, which now I almost exclusively do hot work. I don't know if you've ever talked about that. You look like you do. I know, right? But now, now with the job I have. I exclusively do hot work. Everything's hot. Oh. And it's in public view a lot of times. So so Mike is an electrician. Hot work means electricity is connected at the time he's doing yeah, the work. You are connecting you are doing the work with live electricity. You're, You're not, not shutting it. off breakers to be safe. No. You're doing it hot. You're doing it hot. You're doing it live. And most almost all of the work I do is live now. Uh and that hazing process prepares you mentally for the stress of doing hot work because hot work is very stressful. Obviously you kill yourself, kill yourself and other people. Yeah. You, I mean, <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's working with higher than 120. Yeah. I work with 480 pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, more, mean, I mean, in, a lot of it, it's, it's, it's not just uh it's not child's play. Yeah. And, um, and Mike's coached me, uh, but before Mike coached me in electricity, I've been zapped by 120. Not fun. It's no, not a fun time. no, it's not fun at all. Not a fun no, time. It's bad time. Uh, it's not a good time. Um, it's bad time. But and, and uh, then and this was before I kind of like knew Mike as a friend. Uh, I was in an apartment, and um, I shouldn't have even been doing it because you should just submit the thing to the apartment manager, and they should come bring the guy in. But I did it, and it zapped me, and it wasn't fun. Like it didn't end my day. It didn't, you know. But it was like I definitely don't want to touch that again. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Um, I didn't feel my life was in danger, but I just felt like I probably shouldn't touch that again. Right. It was enough. I work a lot with uh, 240, uh, 480, and then uh, that 240, 120. Uh, but we do it live all the time. I, I have to do it sometimes. Yeah. Especially when you're doing uh, emergency work, which is a lot of what I do. Mostly what I do is emergency work. Yeah. I go from one emergency to the next emergency yeah. constantly. <laughs> That's why I'm there. Yeah. If it wasn't an emergency, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that, think, that sort um, of uh, mental toughness that you get from that hazing ritual gets you prepared. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, to some extent you can sanitize and bleach a lot of things. So uh, we just took a, a bathroom break. And uh, Mike's range off the patio is a little bit greater than mine, and I didn't want to be like emasculated by that. But I, maybe he was storing up more than I was. What do you What do you think? I think I'm more used to it, man. I live here. It's, yeah, uh, you're used to the cold. Uh, I was in the pool. As uh, exactly. Stands on this thing. <laughs> now we have our uh, third co-host. Here, she's back. To join us, she is. She back. has no deer legs or turkey carcasses. No, she does not yet. No, she does not. Uh, the, the night is young, <laughs> so she might yet. Yes, maybe she will. Come on. So yeah, um, yeah, we went back and we saw Dan, and it was just Dan and his uh, Natalie, NASCAR yeah. Natalie, and NASCAR Natalie. They had two lanes. There was nobody waiting for anybody. That was the whole point. No, that's the um, whole point. Yeah, they were bowling on two lanes with two people. Which and, um, in a full house is a no-no, and a I no-no. think this lanes—they had what 36, 36 lanes total. Sure, they're a big house. They're it was a big. big house. It was big. It wasn't a small like mom and pop bowling alley with five lanes or something. They had enough lanes where if Dan and Natalie would have stopped with their NASCAR bullshit. Six lanes. Here so we go. We're always, gonna get into it. Always a derivation of two, usually a derivation of four, unless it's six. <laughs> 
And to me, that sounds like there's a blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh, there's a blah, 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 blah. But you know what? Mike takes his bowling seriously, and Mike has worked at it, so he can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have not worked at my bowling, uh, even though I have a custom ball and some um, dedicated bowling shoes. Um, but I have not worked at it like Mike has. So he's got the right to uh, poo-poo any of my ideas on bowling because I don't really have many ideas on bowling. Right. And um, he knows what's up with bowling. And uh, I still always love our initiation story. It was so It's so fun. It we were talking fun. about uh, Ayn Rand. We were talking about Ayn Rand. Um, and this might be a good time <coughs> to talk back about it. Um, when we first met, uh, Mike and myself, I was huge, huge, huge into Ayn Rand. And I had gotten huge into Ayn Rand, um, kind of in the middle of college. I, I discovered uh, her writings. And um, Atlas Shrugged is a behemoth of a book. I, like, I, I shit you not. Like, if you're going to read a behemoth of a book. Uh, but when I went to, I had read it previously. And then I went to London in 2007. And I read it on the plane and back. So I read it again. And it's a massive book, just massive. And and why I brought that in my backpack, I have no fucking idea. But I read it again, and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoy the book, and I enjoy the general thing. But uh, Ayn Rand is very, very black and white. And initially, that's why I um, started deviating from Ayn Rand's philosophy and uh, the cool I, I guess the cool thing about Ayn Rand's philosophy is she passed it on to somebody who I think was a, a much more of a lesser um, scholar in it than her much own. more of a lesser <coughs> yes and that's how <coughs> Ayn Rand taught me to speak yes I'm just kidding and that is why we are not professionals but it was a it was a, <laughs> it was a, a lesser you know so she passed her life's work on to a lesser and then he had all of these audio snippets of explaining modern things. So she was huge in the 50s, I think. Yeah. Well, she was very and focused she died on in anti-communism. The 80s or 90s. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She, she was but, huge you know, on anti-communism. But she passed it along uh, to this man. I can't remember his name. It's not important. It's not important. I, I, I swear to you, it's not important what this man's name was. Um, but she passed it on to him, and then he went and did all of these little audio things on questions like, well, how does objectivism fit with um, transsexuals? And he would do a whole audio thing on how objectivism fit with that, because objectivism was very, very black and white. It was, um, if you know what's right, what's right is, is good. And if you're anything less than what's fully, completely, 100% right, you're bad. Um, and that's what it was. And so a lot of his things were, you know, a very black and white look at everything. And this was from people that never experienced a lot of this stuff. Like if you're transgender and you want, you want to transition... Ayn Rand never wanted to transition. Her successor never wanted to transition. Ayn Rand probably never thought about that subject ever, not even once. No. It's, it's, a, a, it's a, something that... Uh, it's a we, very modern, recent Yeah, we, uh, we talk about it a lot now. Um, and, uh, and, it, and maybe it should have been more talked about uh, in the past. I'll come out now and say people who transition have a lot of intestinal fortitude. Uh, yeah, especially and, and, twenty years ago. Well, and for uh, lack of a better a better phrase, and not to assume gender or anything, but that's a lot of big dick energy. Big like, dick energy uh, for sure, bro. You know, uh, for what, sure. It doesn't matter what gender you are, but big dick energy. Yeah, because like, uh, I'm here. I am me, uh, and I am proud of it. Yeah. If if you meet a transgendered woman, that's probably a person that has a lot of uh, strength mentally and fortitude. Uh, and uh, moral uprightness. Yes. As far as uh, their situation is concerned. Yes. Uh, now I know that there's a lot of teenagers who are getting in the transgender trender phase. I've heard this term. I am okay. not sure. I am not a teenager. 
but I've heard the You're transgender not. You look just trender. Like one. I uh, I know. I, uh, <laughs> you know, my skin is smooth and uh, my heart is young, but um, yes, and your semen is virile. Uh, well, obviously, uh. <laughs> as one must. <laughs> yeah, like or, like or, any other teenager. I'm worried yes. about cutting the hedgerow uh, to the driveway leading up to the property and making sure yeah. that all and the fucking... plowing in the winter. Yeah, plowing the winter and making, all, making sure all the crab apples are trimmed up and nice and all the cedars have their little every, baskets. Every know. teenager's world. Every teenager's world, yeah, yeah. And I'm worried about the willow tree and I have to yes. cut off one of the branches and yeah. put some spice And also, it. also, which cigar are we smoking? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, as most teenagers, naughty teenagers, like like Mike and myself, um, often think. But, uh, yeah, any uh, transgender person who happens to be listening, uh, I have uh, a lot of respect uh, for the trans community because uh, it does take a lot of uh, mental fortitude to uh, admit to yourself and to present to the world your belief. Yeah. And it's much more difficult than anything that I've ever had to do. Uh, and, and me I'm as well. just a fucking uh, I'm a white guy that has sex with women. Uh, it's sometimes. not very difficult. He sometimes does. Uh, all the time. 100% of the time. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty all simple. Time he does. Yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, now, even now that I'm older, it's like. Yeah, I'm with one woman, so yeah, I gotta you it, know, it, and I gotta it's tell pretty him. simple. It's pretty simple. And I have to tell him. I gotta tell him, like, dude, um, these posters of Ryan Reynolds in your bedroom, you gotta take them down. Right? Like, yeah, your wife's yeah, not yeah. gonna appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no. Even yeah. though I think, like, uh, you know, in in my life, growing up in a Lutheran household, it was homosexuals are the devil. Really? Even Lutheran? Oh yeah, they're Catholic raised, light. That was, I was raised Catholic, and uh, Catholic light. We, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing homosexuals of the devil, but we were, uh, you know, cafeteria Catholic, of course. Yeah, as as most people are, but um, you know, it was uh, homosexuals are the devil. My pastor, who everybody loved, was caught banging the church secretary, and sure. then he had to get a divorce. And his daughter was in my grade in school. And Interesting. It was very, very awkward. Um, a whole, uh, you know, the whole situation. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't know because I was so young. Like, I don't know how she handled it, you know, as the daughter. And I don't know how everybody else handled it. Sure. Because that was middle school. And then high school, I moved somewhere else. And it was different. Right. Um, See, know, so we, we, we had a lot of third way priests here. Yeah. Um, which, for the listeners who do not know about the Catholic faith, there is a not, it's not acknowledged, but there is a quote-unquote movement of third-way Catholic priests, and these priests have girlfriends, and they're typically uh, nuns, and uh, they get shunned out into the hinterlands, which is where we are here, and uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that actually, uh, they're loved here. Uh, the the, the third-way priests are... Uh, Truly appreciated out here, um, because uh, yeah, we don't accept child rape and we don't accept priests doing naughty things. Yeah, and uh, people who are Catholic here aren't really devoted to choir boys. Yeah, they're not devoted to like the Catholic dogma. They're, it's more of a social club, and uh, yeah, the priest yeah. should be happy. That's if a, a priest is a member of the community. And we want the priest to be happy. Yep. And if the priest has a girlfriend that he's devoted to, good, good on, good on, good on them. Well, and, <laughs> and we're Catholics. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm not sure where in the Bible it says priests have to be celibate. Well, that was created in the 1200s because the church didn't want to divide up property. Because I'm not back sure in those days, where in the Bible. Well, okay, you, you yeah, in the Bible, name? yeah, in the Bible, yeah. Where yeah. is that? I, I'm not going to get into the history of the Catholic Church, I guess. Let's do it. Well, in the history of the Catholic Church, uh, the Catholics didn't want the priests to be able to divide up uh, church land. And uh, Fair enough, but where in the Bible it. does it say that? Yeah, What's the Bible have to do with Christianity? Exactly. And most Christians these days don't give two fucks about the Bible. 
and they wouldn't care. What's the man Jesus have to um, do with the fucking Christian church? Yeah, what is the Middle Eastern um, um, skin? We, we Jesus have to do with anything. It's white Jesus we care about, and white Jesus loves guns and bacon and fucking off liberals. Oh, uh, no, uh, capitalism. Yeah, white Jesus loves capitalism. Well, why wouldn't he? He's white Jesus. He's white Jesus. For fuck's sake. Uh, for a dissertation, not a dissertation, but... Uh, all right, stay tuned for the next three hours as Mike launches into his dissertation on Catholicism. No, no, no. Uh, um, for uh, uh, my final paper for a class that was a dissertation, uh, I talked. I talked about as a uh, fancy way of saying this dissertation is not a dissertation. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah, really, yeah, truly yeah. is. Yeah, but it truly a is a dissertation. So we, I talked about uh, American Jesus, yes. and uh, there's a book called In His Steps. And in his steps okay. is called uh, where uh, what would Jesus do? Remember all the WWJD yes. bracelets, yep. the bracelets. So I went into uh, that uh, book because it was one book that caused all that what would Jesus do nonsense. Yeah, and uh, the uh, moral story of the book was was Jesus a socialist or was Jesus a capitalist? Yeah. It was written in the uh, very late 1800s, uh, like 1899, okay, or 1898, yeah. something like that. I've got a book called Misquoting Jesus, but that's a different thing. You do you. So, uh, anyway, uh, the sum total of the book was that, yeah, Jesus was a socialist, but the socialists that are around now are not Jesus-like figures. Yeah, they're not the the same. And and rightly so. Well, Uh, why should they be? And why should they be? Exactly. And uh, I'm a fan of the man Jesus. Uh, even though I'm not a believer of the man Jesus, yeah, uh, you talked about your atheism. Yes. I am a, uh, a Unitarian, uh, firmly, firmly on the Unitarian side. Yeah, and most of, uh, and, uh, incidentally, most of the founding fathers were firmly Unitarian. Uh, absolutely. Uh, even though a lot of naysayers will say that they were all Protestants and believers in Christ, and they will tell you that if you don't believe in Christ, you're not American. No, they were mostly Unitarians. <laughs> they were mostly uh, Unitarians. Mostly Unitarians. Yeah. And actually, John Adams, my favorite founding father, uh, believed that Unitarianism would uh, overtake the United States intellectually. Yes. Well, and uh, Thomas Jefferson um, wrote his own Bible, where he took all the miracles out of the New Testament. Right. And it's the Thomas Jefferson Bible. You can go and, and you can read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he believed in the, the moral principles of Jesus. He didn't believe in the fantastical miracles Jesus performed. Sure. Which is uh, it's an important distinction, I think. Uh, um, I love the man Jesus. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, he's an interesting philosopher. Very interesting. Especially for his time. And, if, uh, in fact, he existed. And there's a, yeah, there's there's arguments a, there's about a that huge too. debate, yeah. yay or nay. But I think if you, if you do read the Bible... Or have read the Bible, regardless of whether or not you believe in it, there and, and this is true of, of most philosophies. There are very very uh, good things to take out of all philosophies, at least one good thing out of every philosophy, and you need to remember that because um, I was huge into objectivism, and I would say if you want to get into objectivism, I would say don't don't do it. Um, it's all black and white. I and, think that and, uh, and they try and radicalize you against people that don't see exactly eye to eye. This is a great point. I think that the reason that you and I hated each other when we first met yeah. was because you were so devoted to objectivist there philosophy. There was that, and I also want to mention this, and this is very embarrassing for me to 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 acknowledge and to admit. And I don't know if that Mike knows this, um, but I'm going to say this here for you, all the listeners, because we love you. And I have not heard this before. <clears throat> he probably has not heard this before. Is uh, if you Google Wikipedia, bring your diarrhea. Like, you know, <laughs> honest to God. It's, it's... Okay, so Mike already knows. I, I, I know. You told me about I'd never okay, heard okay, of bring okay, your okay. diarrhea. I'm sorry. So, so <laughs> I want to clear the air here so that we are all on the same page. And also to prove that I don't have much to hide. Okay. I do not have much to hide. And if if my weaknesses and my failings can inspire you to do better in your life, please, please, please take that opportunity to do so. 
Um, but here's the thing is right before, and you may not have heard ever this before, is right before I came to the bowling alley with you, I had just simultaneously, like, honest to God, and this is this is disgusting, and I hate to say this, and I'm almost hesitating to say this uh, because of my, my male ego and my pride, but I will say this now, and this will be for you, the listeners, and for Mike, my, my dearest friend. Um, Sarah was like, we got to go meet my buddy Mike at the bowling alley to go bowling. And I said, great, that's fantastic. She went down to the car and started it. And what did I do? I said, I have to use the bathroom one more time. Uh, but I had the brain of diarrhea. Like, honest to God, I had the brain of diarrhea. I'm not trying to, like, the bullshit anything. You Google, you Wikipedia it, the brain of diarrhea is a thing. Nobody knows what causes it. I had seen her out the door, the front door of the apartment. I closed the front door of the apartment and I thought to myself, oh my God, I have to shit so bad. I ran in the hallway. I shit my pants. I honestly, honest to God, as an adult human, I shit my pants. In the hallway, it went down the jean leg, went onto the carpet floor, and I went to the bathroom and like just, just went to town. Like honest to God, went to town. Then I was done. I put on new clothes. I cleaned up the hallway with the appropriate cleaning things. Went down to the car and Sarah goes, I almost, I like literally almost just left you. And I'm like, I just shit my pants and shit the hallway. Like you don't understand. Like this was a whole big right. ordeal it's, for it's me. Bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's yeah, not uh, a good thing for me. Yeah, it's totally, totally terrible. Yeah. Embarrassing. Embarrassing even when you're alone. Embarrassing. Yeah. If you're like, if you're not, I mean, like, I swear to God, like, I didn't want to shit the hallway. No. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. No. I've never had not control right. of my bowels, but this was a whole thing. And I did it. And you know what? I spent most of the time that night in the bathroom of the bowling alley with Mike. But I came out, was able to f- come out enough to bowl my frames. And it was a whole thing. So and like, I was not perceptive enough well, to know what was going on been? with you. Who would have been? Nobody should have been except yeah. Sarah. But she didn't care because I was hanging out with her friends. Right. And you were still fresh uh, as far as a couple. I was, well, and you fresh, were yeah. hardcore into Not fresh in the pants, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I shit you not. Like, I swear to God, I don't know if you ever heard that before. Um, but I did. I like I shit the hallway before I came out and I met did you not the first hear, time. You never told me you shit in the hallway. <laughs> well, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. But what am I supposed to do? It, well, it, you know what? It happens, right? And, I mean, and, and, uh, and I thought for sure I had IBS. Sure, but it turns yeah. out I didn't. Yeah, and it was the the brain or diarrhea. The brain or diarrhea. Like, I, I've like, never freaking heard of that before God. ever in my it's life. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> so it's got to be true. But like for whatever reason, for that like. I don't know, six-month period, I had the absolute worst shits. And I always had to, I was always very like, where am I going? How long is it going to take to get there? Because I'm not going to make it. Like, bowel-wise. But since then, ever since that passed, it's been fine. I've been normal, just like anybody else. Sure. Well, you know, uh, in your defense, after you left uh, that town, uh, now you're drinking well water because there's well water here. Yeah, and there's well yeah. water at your uh, in-laws. Well, it was only the first couple months. Like uh, sure. honestly, like after that, after that initial bout passed, everything was fine. Sure. I wonder if it has to do with because Brainerd fought a, against uh, fluoride. But for a while, I was just like I was shitting all the time. That's crazy. I know. Really? And and I look at Brainerd diarrhea, and Sarah's like, "Look at Brainerd diarrhea," and I'm like, "All right." And she was meaning as a joke. No. It was legitimately what was happening to me. And I looked it up on Wikipedia and it was exactly what was happening to me. And then after a couple of months, it was fine. And I was still there and I was still drinking the same water I was. It was all fine. But that's why maybe I wasn't as open to buy the book Bowling Mike right. as I would have been no, and if I wouldn't have been shitting myself every five minutes. I will acknowledge that... Uh... I'm sorry, you know. High no, five. It's all good. High five, listeners. We're, we're best we are, buds we are, now. We are high we're best buds yeah, now. We're best buds now. Uh, I will admit that uh, 
in my mind space at that time. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't super open to uh, Ayn Rand philosophy. Well, and at that time, I was. <laughs> I was hugely into Ayn Rand. Yeah. But you know what? Ayn Rand never, never accounted for? Granted diarrhea. Right. Yeah. And I was a lot bigger into like uh, socialism and socialist philosophy. At yeah. The time. And I'm not huge into socialism, socialism in, in, no, not in even any now. way. Not even now. Not even not now. Even now. And I was a lot more into it then. Uh, uh, but I think the point is... I'm not a huge into socialism, but what the actual fuck is going on with our healthcare? You know what I mean? Like, what the actual fuck is going it's on? It's a fact that if we had some sort of public healthcare, we'd be better off. And yes. I have uh, a healthcare version plan, let's call it that. Of the Bible? Uh, yeah, of the Bible. Uh, there's no reason why... The government couldn't sponsor the healthcare I have, considering all extraneous factors. There's absolutely no and reason. all the healthcare that I had growing up. You know, my dad and me. There's no reason why that sort of healthcare couldn't have been provided for everybody at all the time. It would cost next to nothing. Uh, by comparison to what we're spending now on military, military uh, on the homeless population. I mean. Uh, Who got the fraction of the I've, military budget? I've I've heard consistently that it would take twenty billion dollars to house the homeless in the United States, and you know what? It's better for everybody, no matter how you want to look at it. Is you Elon say, Musk oh, buying Twitter? Oh yeah, exactly. Is Elon Musk yeah, instead buying of Twitter? instead of yeah. buying Twitter? Why don't you just house the homeless? It's better for everybody. Homeless people are human beings. La 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 la. la. Well, they are. Homeless people on the street is bad. No matter what angle you look at it, yeah, it's positive for everyone. Also, with the Wait, healthcare debate... Are you saying homeless people on the street is positive for everybody? No. I'm saying that homeless on the street is bad for everybody. That's it's a positive to, to like to fucking get them off there. Well, yeah. You know? And, and it costs like pennies. There's multiple things. Uh, well, it costs these, $20 billion, apparently. Compared to these rich fucks that rule our country... Is pennies. They just dropped. Is nothing. They just dropped that amount of money in Ukraine. More, more than that, they dropped. Probably, probably more. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. Why are there homeless people? And we're not pro Russia. Give them housing. Give them housing. We're not pro Russia by any means. But I'm not why? pro anybody other than why? pro me. Why wouldn't you I'm help these people that need help? I'm a hyper. These citizens that are our citizens, there are. Um, patriotic brothers and sisters and thems. Like, why wouldn't you support them? I'm a hyper patriot. Why would buy... you? Why would you give Ukraine? And I understand opposing Putin. It's not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is why would we have bases still in Japan, who hasn't shown an aggressive bone in their body since 1940, whatever? Oh, the Japanese are murderous fuckers. They have to be. They're rightfully so. But they're not anymore. No, they were then and they are we, now. We took the we wind. We are now, too. We are just as Everybody uh, is, but we took are, the wind out of their sails. And you can like it or you can hate it. I don't care. But the, the fact is, they're not going to fuck with us anymore. Japan is not going to fuck with America anymore. Japan is now a member of the... Uh, Large nations or the modern yes. nations, the in power nations, quote unquote, as an equal member, which is you what know, they wanted even you then. Know, you know, which is what they even wanted then. Yes, but you know who's not going to fuck with us? Japan. You know who's not going to fuck with us? Germany. You know, we're who, on the same side. You know who is going to fuck with us? Russia and China. Those are the two, and North Korea to some extent. However, the fuck they figure it out. But you know what? Most of those people aren't going to fuck with us. And the point is, we fucking showed them, I'm sorry, history, whatever, yada, yada. We didn't mean to duke everybody, but we did. And fuck you. I mean, that's the point. Like, well, we fuck have, you. We could have an episode about the nuclear bomb. We could. I'm we pro could. nuclear bomb. I'm pro nuclear bomb, too, because my, my grandpa was stationed off the coast of Okinawa. Sure. You know what? Japan, they've really owned up and they've become their own and they've made... Really great electronics. Japan had for, a fucking for, society for independent of us, and yeah. uh, they flourished. Uh, and they flourished, yeah.
that hard attitude that people had my grandfather's age and your yeah, grandfather's age for sure uh he tried to instill that into me and yeah, i have yeah. a part of that in me there's a part but of i'm that. not as hard as they were not as hard as they, they were, were no. like, my grandmother was as hard as cut steel yeah as she you be. was hard as cut steel yes and she was a nurse and her yeah. husband was a World War II vet, yeah. and she was very serious about everything. Yes. There was no joking and fun. Yeah. Not at my grandparents' house. No. I, my grandfather was fun. My grandmother was not fun. Yeah. She was mean. Yes. Straight up mean. How is it that the war-torn veteran was the nice guy in that relationship? But well, it was true. The, the realism. It was true. Yeah. It's a realism. The surrealism. I mean, you they can, were together, and she was a nurse, and he was a, yeah. a guy, you know. And, yeah. You have the idealistic uh, vision of war, but unless you're fighting the war. He loved talking about tanks and how to blow up tanks because he was a tanker. Yeah. But uh, he never talked about any people that he killed. Yeah. And I know that he had a whole box of, or a whole uh, drawer of medals. Yeah. Because he was there for the whole time. Well, that's the whole uh, point is, you know. is um you know, you're fighting for your, your beliefs. Uh, my grandfather didn't fight for beliefs. I truly believe. Uh, so uh, my grandfather hated Republicans yeah. uh, to his dying day. Yeah. He felt that uh, Hubert Humphrey was trying to kill him. As he probably was. Uh, he did. He believed that, that he was trying to kill him. Yeah. Uh, he picked fruit. He lived through the Great Depression. Yeah. And uh, when uh, the war started, he signed up. First year at 16. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he fought Germans. Yeah. And uh, he killed lots of people. Uh, uh, he's got, he had, he's dead now, been dead now for 10 years, yeah. more than 10 years, yeah. 15 years. Yeah. More than 15, 20 years. He's been dead for 20 years. Oh. Scary that my grandfather's been dead for 20 years. Oh. But anyway, uh, he had a whole box of medals killing people, you know, because that's what he did. Yeah. And, uh, that's just what they did. There was a whole generation of people that didn't know they were born to kill Nazis. Yeah. But, uh, my grandfather was one of them. That's yeah. what he did. Uh, yeah. best. Yeah. You know, he wasn't a good, uh, welder and he wasn't a good railway worker and he wasn't yeah. a good, uh, mason. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, he did kill Nazis really well. <laughs> that was a, uh, touche. Right. He wasn't a very good husband or a very good father. Or, yeah. uh, he was a great grandfather. Yeah. But he was old enough to accept his uh, Put all that stuff fucked up shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a cigar check. I am done. He's done. What do you think? Uh, very good. Very, very smooth. Good. Even cigar. Throughout the whole thing. Me too. This is a great cigar. And I encourage you to try it. Yeah. Give you should try it. Give it a go. Nate has, uh, what, three inches left? Uh, yeah, two and a half. Three. I uh, highly recommend the Rocky Patel. Let's do the Rocky Patel. Thank you for listening. This has been Nice Ashes. Have a good day, No.